NBA podcast featuring Jamie, Mike, and Steve. And we are back with another episode of the Nothing But Net podcast. I am your host, Steve Carter. Today, I have with me Michael Bouye. How are we doing, my dude? We are doing pretty well. It was, uh, you know, a lot to talk about this week that we'll get into. Um, looking forward to the kind of the, the Christmas season here and Christmas coming up. Yeah, if I told you Christmas was next Sunday, man, oof, I don't, I don't even know. Wouldn't believe you. Yeah, my grandma said that yesterday. I was at Graham's yesterday for the Browns game, and oof, she said that, and I was like, oh shoot, I guess, I guess yeah. it is already that time of the year. That's a great thing for the NBA, though. That's one of my favorite days of, you know, where I just sit down and watch basketball all day. We have a lot of good matchups. That is something we will be getting into later this week. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about last week. And I think where we start at the top from last week, Michael, is the Golden State Warriors. Tough week as it was. But not only that, um, Steph Curry goes down with a shoulder injury, which they're saying he will miss a few weeks. and. You know, they're 14 and 16 through 30 games. It's definitely um, not the end of the world, you would think, for the Warriors, but it's really starting to feel like this season's going to kind of turn into a lost cause, in my opinion. I don't think they have enough to endure a Steph Curry injury, but I just kind of want to get your thoughts on what what does this mean for the Warriors? Like, is this is this the nail in the coffin? I mean, we know the road record. I think it's like 2-14 and 14 now. It's still really bad. They got embarrassed by the Bucks with Steph. Steph was playing really well, gets hurt, still lose. It's just now they don't have their leader. Now they don't have this top five player in the world. Yeah. Now, do they get somebody's pick? I don't think so. Okay. Because I thought I saw some post about how like they, there would be they could possibly be in a position to get uh, Wembayama if they were to like really fall off, but. That's if they fell off. I think if they make the playoffs, the Grizzlies get their pick. There's some the Grizzlies own some sort of protected Warriors pick. Okay, I can look that up as you talk. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. The Warriors are in a very unique, <clears throat> unique spot. I think. I think they are just in a very kind of like we gotta gotta make a decision kind of here quick on what we want to do. Now I know we're talking Steph out for a few weeks. Do we know? Do we get like a six to eight? Uh, no, a few. Uh, I mean, I think if we're talking a few, you're talking at least four. So we're talking that's about a I, month. That's what I thought. And depending on yeah, if it's longer than that, if it's longer than four, if it is like a six to eight, which I, I'm not saying it is, just kind of using it as a point of reference, then I don't know, maybe. Maybe you keep him out to like past the uh, All Star break, but that would be a long, long time. So kind of feels like it would put him in the play in though. Um, with the the West, I mean, the West is weird because like the teams that we are, I've been expecting to fall off. Kind of the Kings, I thought they would take a step back. I thought Utah would take a step back, and neither of those teams are really taking a step back. I mean, Utah is not the one seed no more, but I mean, they're still above five hundred. Yeah, they're, they're still relevant. So I just like I. I don't know that – I mean, yeah, this team could be a play, in, and they're obviously always going to be dangerous because of who they are. But yeah, I think when you're talking about a team making a play-in, it's like can a team really go in as a 7 or 8 seed and win the finals? I, it's something we've never saw before. And I think like we kind of thought that could happen last year with Brooklyn, 
And then they played Boston in the first round, and we saw how that went. Yeah, I mean, you figure the Warriors healthy, firing on all cylinders, Steph Curry being Steph Curry, anything's kind of possible. But, yeah, they haven't gotten it done on the defensive end. I think they're turnover prone, as they always have been. So maybe this is a good opportunity to see Jordan Poole really kind of – you know, up his his game a little as he, you know, has done I guess past year. But um, that's how Certainly I certainly would hope so. Yeah, it, it's you're gonna find out a lot about the Warriors. I think without Steph right now. So and Clay, maybe he gets back. I know he's been in a rhythm. He's been doing better. But maybe this kind of, um, you know, kicks that up a little more as well. I mean, that's. I mean, we definitely hope, right? Like there's something that you hope Jordan Poole finds who he was last year. Like this year. It's been an up-and-down wave. It's not been as consistent as last year. I said, like, he's kind of taken a step back um, before. And, you know, it it was inevitable because what he was doing last year was, like, some superstar stuff that just felt like it might – it was a little too much for him. Yeah. But now they need that. Now they need to figure out how they can get Jordan Poole to do what he was doing last year in a huge way. And the issue is is they don't really have – so, like, the depth has always been the concern from them. And now, like, who's going to get all these point guard minutes? Like, I don't know that I love Jordan Poole being a point guard. I want Jordan Poole coming off the ball and being more of a two guard. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of the position that they're in. Um, Wiseman is still, who knows? Kaminga is meh. Moody is out of the rotation. Man, the depth is really, the depth isn't good. Um, they do own their first, so that, that's probably what people are saying. Like, if yeah. they're really bad, they could get into the lottery and yada, yada, yada. I think uh, Dante DiVincenzo has been giving them really good minutes. He had a big night the other night. Um, yeah. I'm trying to remember who they played. They lost, but it was the Sixers. Um, he, yep. he had five threes in the first half, and, you know, that's a guy they're going to have to start to lean on again. Yeah. Not again, but more so than they were. Yeah. I mean, there's just these guys have to step up. I don't know that these guys are going to be capable capable enough of stepping up. They have a you know they're they have a tough schedule ahead. We already know the road concerns with Steph. Um, that's not going to get any better. So I just think the Golden State Warriors are in a spot where this can get bad quick, and it's not likely that it's going to fix itself. I just don't know how it would fix itself, honestly. The uh, defenses have to, like, geez, like you completely, and the Warriors as well, with Steph out, you, I feel like you've got to completely kind of change your the way you're playing offense, right? Or maybe I'm wrong. And defenses, now that Steph's out, I feel like they have to completely kind of change their game plan. But maybe it's yeah. not as drastic as I think. I think it's very drastic. I just, yeah. the way Steph can play, the way he can, if a guy goes underneath or center plays drop coverage, can shoot a 30-footer 30, 30 over the top. When you don't have someone who consistently do that, uh, it changes a lot to me. I know Jordan Poole will attempt to do that. He's just not nearly as consistent as Steph. And I, think, yeah. I think that's more than fair to say. Yep. But with that being said, Mike, uh, the other thing, another thing I want to talk about from last week actually happened last night. It was the Devin Booker 58.25 straight at one point um, game to beat the New Orleans Pelicans. This rivalry is kind of brewing. We saw it happen, uh, I believe it was last week. They played twice in a week, and then they meet up again this Saturday, and it's kind of really formed this new rivalry. And I just want to kind of get your thoughts on what you think of the rivalry and who would you take in a seven-game series if these teams met again in the playoffs? I think it is. I know we kind of talk off-air about like the 
current rivalries in the NBA, but I think this is definitely one, and I'm I like it a lot too. I think they're you know two teams that have uh, you know star power as well as they kind of like have different, I mean, very different aspects to them. Um, especially just kind of the the Pelicans with, with Zion. I mean, obviously there's no other player like Zion, but then you know Chris Paul, the the book. Um, it's just a very they each have their they're very unique in their own um, sense, and I think I think if I had to pick one in a seven game series, I think I just see the Suns more battle tested, so I think I would go with them. Uh, but. I've also seen, you know, I've also seen them kind of collapse and Chris Paul fold in the the playoffs as well. So that's tough. Uh, you could convince me easily with the Pelicans too, but I think, like I said, just maybe for a little more experience and uh, a little more battle tested in the seven game series, I would go uh, the Suns. And you know, I guess they they have the potential to face off this year too. So that would be, you know, that'd be a, an amazing playoff series. I I would think. We honestly need this playoff series. Whether yeah. it's in the first round, whether it's in the second round, um, rivalries are kind of a dying thing in the NBA, and this is something we need. Like rivalries are what made the NBA so good in the '90s, and we've kind of lost that because of of how of how um, you know players are going from place to place a lot more. Um, I was yeah, I was going to ask you, do you think it's partially because of like the brotherhood too, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, basketball, the basketball community is a lot, is a pretty small community, right? So these guys obviously know each other, and now guys work out more so together than ever before, and it's like social media kind of brings these guys together. But there's like a sense that I get that like rivalries are like close to being back, but you need like, you need, you need it to break the right way for these things to stay like fueled. We need to see, um, the Knicks meet with Trey Young in the playoffs. Now we're, we're probably not going to get that, but like that's you know we don't hear about that as much now because they haven't re-met, so it kind of like hurt that whole aspect. But if we get another meeting between the Pelicans and the Suns, which in my opinion the Suns are kind of dying out, right? Like their window's starting to really close here, and mm-hmm. if they don't capitalize now, I'm not sure that we're going to look that look at them as a favorite next year or the year after that. To where, like, if we're talking about the Pelicans, their window's just opening. Like, the Pelicans are going to be around. These kids, these are these guys are kids, and um, they're very talented. If we're talking about a seven-game playoff series this year, I think I lean towards the Pelicans. I think they just have more talent. Um, uh, Chris Paul, I hate to say it, but like, I ha- if I have to bet, I'm betting on Chris Paul wearing down in a playoff series, especially yeah. in a series where Jose Alvarado uh, got to him last year. I think he knows how to get to him again like he's just gonna hound him he's gonna wear him down he's gonna tire out Chris Paul and if they don't have Chris Paul I think that's gonna really hurt them I know that they played better without Chris Paul in this recent stretch Mm -hmm. but I still think like you know I'm not just gonna like sit here and say all right Chris Paul is like needs to retire and yada 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 like Chris Paul is still a very impactful basketball player in his own right um he's just not who he was and I just think like the Pelicans just have more depth. Like, they have more pieces that can kind of change. I think, you know, I, like, I would take Jonas Valanciunas over DeAndre Ayton in a playoff series. I'd take um, Zion over whoever. I mean, they, they have Devin Booker, but Devin Booker is probably the only, like, if the best five players in that series, Devin Booker is the only son I would probably take. Ah, uh, maybe not. Yeah. You might take Mikel Bridges, but that's yeah. it. And the other, the other thing is when push comes to shove, you know, <laughs> And this is like oversimplifying 
but uh, you need a bucket, you know, sometimes getting a jump shot, working for a jump shot, open three can be more difficult rather than just, you know, having Zion chucking it down low to him. Yeah. Right near the rim, almost for a guaranteed bucket, you know, sometimes it might be as simple as that is where Zion's like, you know, probably going to be a more consistent scorer at times. Yeah, for sure. And, but with that being said, I mean, what Devin Booker was doing last night, not only did Devin Booker I mean, have 58. He's, he's, he's different. <laughs> yeah. Not only did he have 58, I know, like, people don't really like to look at these numbers. He shot 60% from the field. Yeah. So not only was he getting a bucket, but, like, it was efficient. Like, it was him getting to his spots, him getting the look that he wanted, him being capable of knocking down jumper after jumper after jumper. And that's who D-Book is. And when he's in that rhythm, he's a guy that can – carry you across the finish line. So that's the only thing that would give the Suns a huge advantage is I don't know that the Pelicans have that. Zion can get to the cup after at will, but is he going to be able to consistently make those plays at will? Yeah. Yep. Uh, you're right, though. We we definitely need definitely they got to meet up for the to happen. Yep. 100%. And, like, it just some of these rivalries – break because they don't consistently meet the Celtics and the Lakers. Why was it so good? Because they always met at the final point. Yeah. Yep. There's it's it's weird. Like you don't really have that rivalry in the NBA. Like you can go I mean, we all can Yankees Red Sox. Uh pretty much any divisional matchup. Yeah, yeah. Any divisional matchup it's like the NFL I you could argue is like you know what I mean like Miami and uh you know Buffalo last night like I don't know if I'm calling it a rivalry, but, like, you can feel that pressure. Um, yeah. You know, like, uh, Giants-Cowboys, Giants-Eagles, however you want to dice it, Browns and, you know, Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, you just don't really get that in the NBA now. It's more of, like, if th- those teams, like, have beef. You know what I mean? Like, kind of how the Suns and Pelicans are going. Or, like, I know everybody wants to, the highlight was, like, the Battle of L.A. rivalry. Forget that, dude. There's no rivalry there. No, because one, neither one team, team is relevant. No, one team has dominated that series since we started calling it a rivalry, and it's been the Clips, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so the Clips. No, that's a good point. I yeah, you really I, outside of the Suns and Pelicans, can you name a? I'll I'll go uh, Philly and Brooklyn for the the you know the player exchange and. That being, but, and that's the thing too is like you need to have these exchanges happen to really create this tension between these teams, right? Um, or you need a playoff series to get you know a little yeah, risky, a little it. right? Like Trey Young accepting being a villain, like not many guys are accepting being a villain these days. So when a guy accepts being a villain and he has the series that he did against the Knicks and then he goes on the run, like it added. But the issue is the Knicks just haven't been relevant, but that. Might maybe that's changing. Maybe those teams are flipping in opposite ways. Yeah, I would agree. It's about being able to sustain success, and I think both of these teams are going to be able to sustain, you know, relative success. It's just I don't know that the Suns are going to be as dominant in the next couple of years as I think the Pelicans are only going to grow closer and better just because of the a the depth they have. They have a lot of assets to get better. And, I mean, they have Zion Williamson, and I would bet a lot of money on Zion, but that is just me. Yep. Uh, I mean, you're right. With that being said, we have another Hawks injury, man. The Hawks, I mean, we know the story on the Hawks. They're down to ninth in the East. It's, you know, they haven't been healthy all year. Deontay Murray's missed time. Trey Young had a shoulder issue. Um, 
DeAndre Hunter's missed time. All these guys have missed time. Now it's Clint Capella. It's obviously impacting their season. Um, I, I'm worried that they have a leader to get them through this, and I think that's something that we have saw. Sorry for, you know, we talked about it last week with Trey, but Trey really needs to be there for this team and get them through this. He's not been that guy so far. Um, really needs to figure that part out. Robert Williams returns. Um, you know, he's going to be on a minutes restriction. He had a solid outing, seven points, like eight rebounds, I believe, block, a steal. Just looked like, just looked like Robert Williams to me, and I was excited. Did, were you able to catch any of the Robert Williams debut? I did not, and I feel bad because I've been talking about him for weeks now. So, shout out, Time Lord. I'll uh, I'll give you some airtime soon. <laughs> yeah, no, he'll be. We'll be seeing him soon on national TV Christmas Day. Yep. So, we will. Uh, yeah, there's just a lot going on. The Pistons. Uh, we've talked about, you know, hey Cunningham, should he have surgery? Should he not? Should he miss the year? Should he not? Uh, he opts into surgery, and that's going to effectively end his season. And I honestly think the Pistons are making the right decision because mm-hmm. they need, uh, you know, they need at least another piece. Like, I really like what Jaden Ivey does. I really like Kate, although Kate, Kate's not been as good as I think people had hoped early in his career. But with that being said, if they can get another piece to play with those two, I still like Sadiq Bey. Uh, there have been trade rumors of Sadiq Bey. To me, it doesn't really make sense because I think he's a fine player. Um but with that being said, I, this team does need another piece, so I think tanking makes sense. They're not going to be a playoff team. You know, you might as well give a shot at this uh, this, this phenom that everyone thinks is generational. Then how yeah. could you not think he's generational? Yeah, no, I, I think that 100% is the right move for them. So that is that. And then uh, the last point we have to get to here, Mike, we'll kind of get to in our Swisher dish. We'll kind of break them down a little more. Whole new revamp re- award system. Um, they added a new award, the clutch, the clutch player of the year. We can get into what that'll mean. And, you know, some of these awards are pretty cool. Again, we're going to get into those in the Swisher dishes. We'll, you know, that'll be a main part of our conversation in most of this, I would assume. But with that being said, Mike, let's roll into our takeaway from next week. Who do you have? What do you have? Takeaway for next week or this week? Sorry, uh, past week. Sorry. My bad. No, you're good. So I, and again, stop me if I go too long here, but I have the fact that last week was just a very inconsistent slash weird week and for a few reasons, multiple teams here. So I'll start with our good old top of our power rankings for many weeks now, the Boston Celtics. They did not have a good week, I would say. Uh, They went there... Let me get this. Have lost three of their last four, including a blowout. Well, I think it was should have been a blowout, but um, I think they crawled back a little. Golden State was putting it to them. They ended up still losing by like 16, I think. Um, so they lost to Golden State. They lost to the Clippers. They did beat L.A. in a pretty good game, and then they lose to Orlando, which is, you know, it's just something they should be doing. So, uh yeah, so the Celtics inconsistent. Then we go to the Bucks. The Bucks are just an interesting team right now because they have lost two of their last four, including and they did get absolutely blown out by uh, Memphis. And Memphis is playing good. And I know we'll probably talk about them too, but I mean, you can't. They lost by forty-one. I mean, that's unacceptable. And and their other loss 
in that stretch was to Houston, which again, you know, I find to be kind of unacceptable if we're talking about this team being one of the better teams in the league. My next one, Suns. They had an uh, an inconsistent, or I guess an inconsistent week last week, and then have kind of turned some things around. But you know, I guess relying on Devin Booker to get 58 to beat the Pelicans is kind of questionable too. Uh, but they also, yeah, they, they lost to the Pelicans and they won to the Pelicans. They also lost to Houston. So they've kind of been up and down. Toronto goes 0-4 this week. Didn't win a game. Uh, that's highly questionable. I know they've kind of fallen off, but not to win a game for Toronto is kind of, you know, concerning. And then the Knicks, man, the Knicks are on a, I believe you told me to, uh, six, six game winning streak, six game win streak. So Longest you know. in the East, and I believe they're the sixth seed in the East right now. And I call that, I, I say that's an inconsistent slash weird because it's just not something we have talked about often about the Knicks going on win streaks. But they've got Chicago's number. They they beat them twice, and I believe they have uh, Chicago coming up this week again, which is crazy. But uh, so yeah, just that's kind of my my uh, takeaway from this past week is just kind of you know what a what an interesting week in the NBA. Yeah, it was uh it was a roller coaster, man. I mean, we saw the Bucks. Um the Bucks, dude, they they just looked so much bigger and better than the Warriors with Steph Curry. And it was like, you know, maybe this is the point of the season where the Bucks really figure it out and then they went to Memphis and you know, John and them were clowning on the sideline. Um and then the Grizzlies, you know, they have the big win and then they lose because Jaw gets ejected. It kind of feels like they're a little too hyped up. It, the NBA, man, the NBA this year is crazy. Um, as we think the Bucks are the best team in the NBA, they've kind of started to slide. Is that the yeah. same point we're watching with the Boston Celtics right now? The Boston Celtics went on the road, but then, you know, they came back and they lost to uh, Orlando at home. Yeah, um, that, that mention at home, yeah. Yeah, and then they, you know, and then you have the Clippers. Like, who are the Clippers? Like we, I, I go on this rant about them last week and this week, Kyle or uh, Kyle Howard, geez, Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard has 27, 29. He had 31 last night. The only game they lost this week was because he rested. And it's like Kawhi Leonard is kind of like showing like, you know, I still can be that guy. And if he's that guy, what does that do for the Clippers? And the team that no one's talking about that's just sitting at the third seed in the West who hasn't played great, which is crazy. So they haven't played great, and they're the three seed in the West, is the Denver Nuggets. Like, yeah. why Why is no one talking about the Denver Nuggets? Like, it's because they're inconsistent as hell. Like, it's these inconsistencies have, like, really just completely changed the league in, like, a sort of sense. Yeah, and I don't – maybe that's just a theme for the NBA. Maybe it's because the NBA is, like, you know, very you – know, there's a lot of talent um, – spread out i don't know but you'd think that you know just in the years past we've seen these good teams kind of be dominant and and just go throughout of course everybody you know everybody's going to lose in the nba at some point but you know they you know get their business done and and take care of business and i guess you know boston took care of business and has for the majority of the season and you know losing three out of four isn't good but maybe it's just a weird stretch but I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing that we're we're having a lot of you know fluctuation in seedings and stuff. It's definitely a good thing, right? That's the parity. That's the parity that we've looked for in the NBA. 
you know, there's too many, there's so many years where like none of this mattered because we knew it was going to be the Cavs and Golden State. We knew it was going to be the Lakers and someone else. But like right now, you can truly say you don't know who in the hell is going to make the finals out of either conference. And right. that is going to make the regular season of the NBA so much more valuable. People should, you know, we shouldn't know. This is stuff that like should be talked about. This is how it should be. And with all this young talent around the NBA and a team that I'm about to talk about, this is how it happens. And I'll roll into my takeaway, Mike. I'd be Orlando Magic, a team that I was super high on before the season, kind of waiting for them to kind of make that step. And let me just tell you, ever since Markel Fultz came back, this team has been a much better basketball team. Really feels like they got the point guard that they need to lead this young group of kids. And he came back, and this team's just been a much better basketball team. You know, he came back this week, or well, he came back a couple weeks ago, but now they're starting to find their little stride here. They swept the Raptors. They played the Raptors last Friday, so it doesn't count as last week, but they swept. They beat the Raptors last Friday by four. They beat them by 11 on Sunday. They played uh, Atlanta, beat them by 11, and then went on the road and beat Boston by eight. This team has been a really good basketball team when they have Markel Fultz. I picked them to go over, I think it was like 28 and a half. I don't know that we're going to get there. But they're ten and twenty, and if I, uh, I think that's on pace to get to you to twenty eight, right? I would think um, so, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, it's it's about a third of the games. It's just a little over a third, and they're already at ten. So yeah, they probably can't go ten and twenty in all these stretches. But with that being said, I think you know, I think it's going to improve as they have Markel Fultz, Paulo Bancaro's been healthy and playing well. Franz Wagner, both the Wagners, uh, Mo Wagner's been playing really well as, uh, himself. Yep. And they just have a lot of different young pieces. And uh, they're a team that I actually enjoy to watch. Bull Bull. Are we going to talk about Bull Bull? My man. man right there, yeah. Dude, he, I mean. That's a you, you right there. Yeah, that's the thing now. It's like people are comparing Bull Bull to Victor Wembayama. Um, That's a disjustice to Victor Wembayama, in my opinion. Yep. But that's yep. just what people are going to talk about. Yeah. Yep. Uh, no, I agree. The Magic have uh, had a good week. I mean, each of those teams that they beat uh, is, a, is a good team. And I know Atlanta's down a little. I know Toronto hasn't been firing on all cylinders either. But you can't tell me that like that doesn't give them confidence. And you know, maybe this year might be like we, we I think we've said it. This year might not be their year, so to speak. But you can't tell me that if they find success, build some confidence. You know, some of these younger players uh, get their feet under them, so to speak, in the NBA. And, like, you know, Van Caro's obviously got his feet under him. But they start to roll a little, start to gel a little, uh, build a little chemistry. You can't tell me that this is, like, going to be great for the their future, especially, like, next season and moving forward. Yeah. No. And they, they're young, but, like, they have, like, the right group of aged fellas, right? Like, they're not just all, like, these young rookies coming into the league now. Paul Bancaro is their rookie, and he just feels, like, much more mature than a rookie, just in his game. Yeah. Yep. And holy cow, are you watching are – you are you watching the soccer game as well? <laughs> uh, breaking news, I am on a penalty kick right now, so I feel like yeah, you – I well, I just – like, I just saw the play that led to the penalty. I'm I, I'm I'm focused on this podcast today, but I do have the second screen up in. I don't know what that call just was. It, he, that that hand was in the box because I didn't think it was. Yeah, I don't think uh, they're too happy about that. Have you seen the, the penalty yet? Yes. 
Okay. I mean, uh, it's just it. I don't know. Mbappe with a hat trick today, I believe. Um, holy cow! Wow. Anyway, back to the NBA. Yeah, I mean this 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 World Cup has been absolutely insane. Uh, so holy cow, we're probably headed to Pens. But with that being said, uh, back to the Orlando Magic. Um, it's just fun, man. It's just fun. Bancaro is much more mature than I expected him to be. He's a much better basketball player than I thought he was. Uh, love Franz Wagner's game. Uh, Wendell Carter, Bull Bull. They just have a really fun collection of talent. I don't know where it leads them today, um, but it, it really feels like this is one of the brighter futures that I have saw Orlando have in some time. And when I mean like some time, like we're talking about like probably Tracy McGrady. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, Van Carroll feels like he's like the a face of the franchise kind of player. Um, now being able to keep these guys will be a step down the road, but they'll have control for a few years to, you know, put this thing together. Yep. But with that being said, let's roll into our power ranking. Yeah. We have discussed that we have the same, and I don't know. I think it makes sense, um, but I think we'll just talk about that about these together, right? So. Yeah. We have them the same. We'll talk about them together. We'll start at number five, Mike. You want to break it? Uh, we got the, I, I think we decided Brooklyn Nets. Is that at five? Yeah, we do have the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets here. Yeah, uh, I think we have, if I have the statistic right, I believe they are 13-3 and three since Kyrie has uh, returned, which is... You know, very impressive. Uh, he had a game winner the other night. They seem to be really clicking. I think they just now that some of the you know the coaching stuff, the the drama, when that's like off the table for them, this this team is like a very different basketball team. They're number uh, four in the East right now. They're sitting at eighteen and twelve. I uh, just like that they they've kind of been able to move past all this stuff. Just focus on basketball. Obviously, Kevin Durant's going to do his thing. Kyrie Irving. I think Kevin Durant is not getting in nearly enough MVP talk. He has held this team well above water with the whole Kyrie thing. And then once, even since Kyrie's been back, Kevin Durant has been phenomenal. And that, yeah. I just wanted to get that point in real quick. Well, I think, I mean, he's averaging 30. I mean, I think the, uh, I think just with, what am I trying to say? The, uh, Kyrie Irving stuff and all the coaching stuff, like that's been the main focus of like all the media and what people want to talk about when we talk about the Nets. Like, so it's crazy how much that takes away from like the actual like basketball that's going on. And yeah, Kevin Durant has been a man on a mission. Like I said, scoring thirty and keeping this team afloat and you know keeping them competitive and yeah, four seeds in the the East and. You know, they're doing a lot of good things. Like I said, I think Simmons has kind of really found a groove too. So we'll see uh, We'll see if they can keep it going and be uh, competitive to stay up at that, that top spot in the East and maybe even compete for like one or two eventually. It's like we've said, man. We just – you don't know with this team. But if we're talking about today, we do know. And, like, if we can look back and go over, like, what we know about the Brooklyn Nets, uh, they've been really good with Kyrie Irving. Um, you mentioned the number 13-3. and three. Um since he's returned, he's been locked in, right? Like, it seems like Kyrie Irving is actually locked in on basketball right now. No distractions. This is who he can be. Like, we know this. And when he is this guy, this team's, like, nearly unbeatable, man. Um, 
we've saw it in the past. We've saw this happen when they had James Harden. We saw this happen when they didn't have James Harden. This is a very good basketball team when Kyrie's locked into basketball. Can Kyrie Irving stay locked into basketball for the next four or five months of basketball? That's literally going to be the difference to whether this team's a contender or this team's a pretender. It's something that no one, you can't bet on. Like, if you bet on it, like, you're foolish. Um, because you literally just never know. Like, I, I, I could see Kyrie being locked in for four months, as scary as that sounds. But, like, he maybe this is the point of his career where, like, he realizes, like, I don't have guaranteed money next year. Like, I need to put this together right now. And I don't know. Like, you would hope he would be thinking that. But um, it'll be interesting to see how the Brooklyn Nets play out. The role players have been really good. It sounds like they're right in the thick of it in the John Collins trade. That could, you know, be very interesting depending yeah. on what they give up. And, you know, it's that time of the year. And right now Brooklyn is playing like they're one of the best teams in basketball, in my opinion. Yeah, it's hard to not say that when you go on a stretch like they have. Without a doubt. Number four, we have the Milwaukee Bucks. Um I could start. I mean, the the disappointing game. I mean, so it's just like been a weird week for them. They were so dominant against the Golden State Warriors that I was, I don't know. I kind of felt like, oh, here we go. This, these are the Bucks. Like they're too big. They're too strong. They're gonna beat you on the glass. They're gonna lock you up. They're gonna make you play their game, which a lot of teams aren't gonna beat them at their game. And then. They go on the road and they go to Memphis, and I, I don't like to overreact to one game, but when you get bamboozled by 41 points, uh, that's all. That's all that really needs to be said. It's hard. To, like I still think they're in the class with the Celtics, but like, are the Bucks that much further ahead than the Cavs? Like, I think they're probably a little more consistent in in terms of you know night to night production, and like the Cavs need to really figure that part out, but. Man, I just I, I don't know that the this the one and two are that much further in the east than three, four, maybe five with Philly at five. Yeah, I think the the Bucks are also starting to figure it out on defense. They crept into the I got them at like for you know, opponents points per game. They're now at number four, only allowing hundred and eight. So I think they are starting to figure it out, but again, they just need to you know, establish themselves more consistently. Their overall defensive rating is now uh, second in the league, so that's a positive sign. But their offense seems to like not. I, I don't know if it's you know working Middleton back into it if he hasn't been firing what. But they're like I got him at 17th, so that's really abnormal for them. I think uh, I would assume that improves as the season goes on. Uh, but if they're gonna you know make some noise and they're gonna be one of these teams that we're still talking about as a title contender, and they will be. Um, they just got to, like I said, keep saying, just improve on their consi- uh, consistency and really uh, you can't get blown out by 40. I don't care who it is. If you're one of these better teams, can't happen. Uh, I think you said it too, Steve, that Milwaukee might not might be one of these teams now that's creeping into – you know, we obviously are trying to position ourselves well in the regular season, but when playoff time comes, you know, we're, uh, you know, that's our season. And to face them seven games in a series is is probably where they're more locked in. Maybe they're thinking that way. I don't know. But um, we'll they're, see. 
their defense in a seven game series is like going to be treacherous for anyone that faces it. Um, unless Grant Williams hits corner threes. And, Not buying it, but yeah. Yeah. Grant Williams hit as many quarter threes as he did last year in a game seven setting. Yeah, that's probably how you can beat the Bucks. But they're just going to be – they're just locked in. They're a defensive team. Uh, I think they're a team that's been really good for, like, the last three or four years now. It feels like they can kind of get – they can kind of fall asleep. They can kind of get bored. And I think that happened. They went into Memphis. And Memphis is a place where, like, if you go in and you're any kind of half-eye, open kind of bullshit – you're going to get punched in the face. And that's just who Memphis is. And that's a credit to Memphis. That's credit to Memphis. That's what makes them so damn good. Um, but with that being said, uh, the Bucks, the Bucks are the Bucks. They're going to be really good. They're going to have a puncher's chance. They're going to have more than a puncher's chance. They have a great coach. They probably have a top five coach in the NBA. They have Giannis, who's, a top, who's probably the best player in the world right now. Um, it's just literally going to come down to uh, can they put it together offensively in long enough stretches to push them over the top in the final, in the playoffs, I should say. With that being said, Mike, give us our third team. Uh, number three, we do have the New Orleans Pelicans. Not a great week since we, uh, you know, we hyped them up. Uh, they did lose three of their last four, and including uh, three in a row. Uh, but I think they, you know, I'm not overall too, too worried about them. I have them at number three in the in the league for offense at 117 per game in terms of you know points per game. Uh, let me see what they have for their overall net rating. Or sorry, their overall offensive. Yeah, I got them at fifth and their overall net rating as third. So still one of the most uh, the more dominant teams right now, or at least one of the teams that have been playing great. Zion Williamson is definitely creeping into the more and more of the MVP conversation, rightfully so. And he's just willing this team to win. Um, you know, like I said, the past week I think hasn't been good, but they're they're going to be a team that I think is going to be continuously hanging around this uh, one of those top spots in the West. And again, they have not done it with uh, – they've done all this without Brandon Ingram. So you hope when he gets back that that just improves them even more. Um but overall, yeah, the, this team is still uh, a team that I would not want to face in a in a series, like you said, and a team that I think really needs to uh, be recognized as uh, this, uh, a team that's a threat to uh, be a, a title contender here. Yeah, um, the point guard Zion stuff, like Zion's had the ball in his hands a lot more with Brandon Ingram out, and I hope that's something that's here to stay. I think the Pelicans are just fine tough week right like I think after you have such a high um coming back on the next week you know kind of slipping here three games in a row um pretty tough opponents so I don't I'm not gonna like kill them for that but I, I I'm not gonna overreact to the bad week for the Pelicans the analytical numbers show what they are for the New Orleans Pelicans and with that being said man I I just feel good on who they are I feel good about Zion being a guy I can rely on um, obviously he stayed healthy and if he stays healthy and he's going to continue to demand the ball inside outside and he can kind of play that game where he can get to the rim I still think he can shoot more uh, jumpers but that's something you know that'll come I think when you're as dominant inside as he is it's you know you can always get to the cup so I don't hate him settling or not settling but with that being said um, I think the Pelicans are going to be just fine tough week for the boys 
We'll see what they can do when they, uh, you know, we'll see what they can do with this upcoming week. Yeah. With that being said, we're rolling to the number two team, the Memphis Grizzlies. Mike, I sat here and I talked about it last week. Is this the most dangerous team? And I think, like, I don't think, like, you laughed at it, but I think, like, I had a couple people message me, like, you, like, there's no way. I ha- I've literally got a couple messages, like, there's no way with the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, I remember you saying this, and I, I'm trying to think. I think I said they, I mean, there's definitely potential. I think I was saying the number, I mean, it was, it was probably the Pelicans at that point in time for me. A lot has changed in a week, but no, it's you're just, right. You called this. It's just wild. Like, this team is so damn good, and they don't even have Desmond Bain. Yeah. They yeah. don't even have Desmond Bain. There's probably, what, second best player, maybe third best player. Jaron Jackson has changed his team defensively. What yeah. Jaron Jackson does to this team is unbelievable. Yeah, no, and I, I think Jaw scoring almost 27 a game. Also, I don't know if it gets talked about enough or, you know, maybe I've missed the chatter, but that, this guy, like, distributes well, too. He's almost averaging eight assists a game. I think when everybody initially thinks of Ja, he just thinks of, you know, you think of him as a scorer. And, you know, he's obviously that, but, I mean, eight assists a game to, to score 27 and dish out almost eight assists, I mean, that's – you can just tell they're, like, a very team-oriented team, and they're, they're I guess, clicking, and, and my chemistry's there. Desmond Bain's not even back, but when he is, that's just another – uh, threat to them, and you said it. Jaron Jackson is maybe doesn't get enough credit for what he's done coming back to this team as well. Yeah, and Jer- and another thing about John Morant that people are talking about is the three point shooting seems to be real. Um, teams aren't going under on John Morant anymore, and I think if they can't go under on John Morant, we know what that's going to open up for his game. Yeah, Mike, give us our last team. You you guys guessed it. It's uh, still going to be Boston, despite a lackluster kind of week for them. Uh, I'm not are you super worried about this team in the long run, Steve. I don't think I am. Uh, no, hell no. I think Robert Williams is going to acclimate himself back just fine, and I think this team will be rolling here soon. Yeah, I mean, just the, the Celtics, they had an off week, but as I said, it was kind of a weird week for everybody. I mean, they're still... They're still first overall in their net rating, first overall in their offensive uh, rating, and 10th overall in their defensive rating. And I think that's, you know, going to just continue to improve as that. Uh, 10th uh, overall in the defensive rating is quite a jump from where they were 100%. Um, a couple like couple weeks ago even. They were, you know, in the, you know, the yeah. team was a bottom 10 defense for much of the season. So the fact that they've already ran it up that high is a huge win for me. They are 14th at opponent's points per game at 112. I'll be interested to see, you know, maybe past Christmas and we get into the new year what, uh, you know, what those numbers look like. Yeah, especially with Bob coming back. Um, with that being said, Mike, let's roll into Swisher this year. We're going to talk about these new wards, kind of take our, you know, kind of go through what that what happened. So, Basically, the NBA finally just decided that they're going to revamp these awards. I don't know if you saw pictures of the mics, but they actually look pretty cool. They do. Um, they do, I was, they do. I'm a huge fan of this. Are, are you a fan of this? Of uh, them giving... Revamping um, them and like kind of with the new, the new trophy and naming them after players. Yeah, I am. Uh, I think it's good to you know get a change, keep things fresh. Um, I guess update 
so to speak. It kind of, it kind of happened at a weird time. I, was this a discussion that we just missed? I don't know. It's just kind of a random announcement. I, you'd think they'd do that maybe at like maybe on Christmas Day, maybe um, you know, maybe at, at the All Star break, something, but or before or after the season. So yeah, I like the I like the new look and change for that. I do as well. So let's let's roll in if we agree with the Swisher dish. So so our Swisher dishes are going to be. Do we agree with the names of these awards? We'll start with the MVP, Mike. Swisher <laughs> dish. The MVP award should be named after Michael Jordan. I, I feel like this could be a hot topic. I'm I'm going Swish. I'm kind of biased here. Uh, I just think we. You know, you mentioned about how off air. I guess about he doesn't even have like the most MVPs or anything. Um, I just think when you do think it, I know there's the whole GOAT debate, but I, when you think about the the NBA, Michael Jordan is one of these names that immediately obviously just jumps out. And he, he's just, he is like the, the most valuable player, I guess, when you look back in, in history of what, kind of just his legacy, you know, it, it's just kind of attached to him. I know people are going to debate that and that's fine, but I'm cool with him keeping the, this uh, MVP award named after him and honestly did you see like the dimensions and every all the details about the trophy yeah it's like 23.6 or 20 23.6 like inches tall or something i think they did that for lebron because lebron wore 23 and 6 nah i think they did that for his number and his rings that he got and then like uh it's i don't know it's like has like five faces or six like six sided at the bottom um i don't know just for like different things about it it's just i don't know cool that they they kind of detailed it like that i'm dishing this though yeah i know i, I am dishing this i think it should be kareem i i okay so before we get into this like you have to remember players that already have awards named after them are kind of like disqualified kobe has the all-star mvp award uh larry bird has the eastern conference uh finals player of the series award and magic johnson has the same thing for the west so those three players are kind of already eliminated um but mvp i just think it should be kareem man i think kareem's legacy goes highly not disrespected but high he's very underrated almost and i don't understand why like i think he should have his own um debate in the goat discussion he has six mvps um and you know i think people are going to say i've had someone push back on me and say well there was only 30 other like players in the league you know kind of being sarcastic but like we named one after wilt which i think was fine and we'll get to but i just think like when we look at this cream has six mvps and it's tied for the most like i just think it should be one of these guys who want it more i know what jordan did for the game of basketball and i know you know, I know, I understand it. And, like, I honestly think, like, Larry Bird should be a name in this conversation. He won three straight, but he's kind of disqualified. And he's the last player to win three straight. So I thought that would be something cool that could have been added here. But I feel like it should be Kareem. Okay, yeah. And these are all, I, think, I just feel like these are all going to be tough. Oh, yeah, that's the best part. Like, I think that's why this brings in good debate. Um, Swisher Dish, the clutch, the new Clutch Player of the Year award should be named after Jerry West. Before we do the Swisher Dish, what are your thoughts on this new Clutch Player of the Year award? I like it. 
I just want to know, is this like the eye test or is it, are we breaking this down in analytics? It'll be interesting to see how we, you know, kind of uh, dissect how we're. So are we like, so are we like allowing LeBron to pass the ball to the corner and considering that clutch, if his shooter makes a shot, like, yeah, is that, is, like is that clutch? What's, like what's the correct play? You know? Yeah, it's like, or are we just going to reward the guys who shoot uh, two for twelve on game winners? But they hit those two game winners, so it was very. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I find this one to be very weird. Like I like it. I think it's a cool theory, and I think it's a big part of the NBA. I feel like this is more of a postseason award than a regular season award. So teams that you know, like the Bucks, like or uh, the Celtics, teams who just run teams out of the building, like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, are disqualified. Then, correct? I guess. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like yeah. Like, are we gonna give it to? I don't know. I'm trying to think of just a bad team. I, I, whatever team you want, the the worst team in the league, whoever it may be. Like Shy, like Shay. Okay, yeah, Shay. Yeah, yeah. So Shay for we, the Thunder. Is he is he in play even though his team's gonna not be in the play in and they're uh, you know? Right. If a team ends with twenty wins, but you know, if he, a certain guy has five buzzer beater game winning shots, what are we doing? Yeah, that's the issue. So yeah. Swisher Dish, do you think that it should be named after Jerry West? Can I just ask why? Is it named after Jerry West? <laughs> I personally don't know. He went to how many finals and he only won once, and yet we're named. But like that, so that's my point to like LeBron being the goat. Like it's all so, dish. It's yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you have another name you would switch it? I don't know who you would name it. Can we not give this like Larry Bird? I mean, you could technically. I mean, you technically can't because he already has an award named after. Him. What, that's the issue. You just said it. What is it? Sorry. Uh, the Eastern Conference. Oh. Finals player of the series, right, I guess. Right. Like MVP. I, I mean, jeez. Can't you said Kobe? <laughs> Why can't I, it I be Robert Orr? I honestly think they have. <laughs> yeah, big shot Bob, baby. Um, Why can't it be Robert Orr, though? I mean, I, to me, like, you can't, to me, when we're talking about clutch player, like, passing it and making the right basketball decision gets crucified. So I don't think you could do that. Right. Well, so if we're going to talk about guys who have hit game-winning shots, again, this is why I think it should be a postseason award. But let's talk about Robert Ory, who beat the Spurs uh, when he was in Houston. He beat the Spurs on a game-winning shot before the Spurs had Duncan and knocked, or, uh, knocked them out of the playoffs. Or Robert Ory hitting the winner against the uh, 76ers in the finals yeah. as a Laker. Or him hitting one as uh, a member of the Spurs against the Pistons in the final. Like, this guy's hitting big shots. And to me, that is where this is going to end up going more so than anywhere else. Like Michael Jordan's taken because he already has MVP. Kobe has all-star MVP. And then Magic and Bird are out. So I kind of feel like this would have been a cool moment to give me like a Robert Ory. You know what this is? Is because I know he's the logo, but he's one of these. And that's the thing. He's Legend. a logo. He already has a huge piece of NBA. I agree, but I feel like they have to like pay him homage and, and award for him. I, I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm just saying I, I feel like they that conversation was had or that thought. And yeah. and by the way, I'll I'll hop into this too. Swisher dish for you, Steve. I mm-hmm. wanted to mention this. Change the logo to Kobe. I'm fine. I'd switch it. I, I like. I'm not going to be upset about it. Let's 
I, I'm not like, like Jerry West hasn't done anything for the NBA. I mean, we say that, but Jerry West has actually been a very good executive. So can't say I, that. I just, let's. I don't know. Like I'm not like you know gonna die on this hill necessarily. Like I'm not that super passionate about it. But like man, we can't. We're changing so much about the NBA. We can't like change this for Kobe. I think this opens up the door on LeBron being the goal. That's what I'd say. Wow. I think the NBA is going to start embracing that. Because why, like, okay, so we're going to give the guy the finals MVP who went, what, what, one and eight in the NBA finals? And he's now the clutch player, like, the most clutch player of all time, essentially? That's what, like, it, that's it, what that's we're naming him the award, right? I just don't understand that, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a weird thing, but it's that's where we are, man. I feel like I they're know. like, they I'm had, dishing this, though. They, yeah, they made this award, and then like, uh, like, who do we have left to choose from? Hey, let's give it to old Jerry, you know? I I agree. I agree. It's it is what it is, right? Like it's nah, it's a man. Good for, for me. I good don't for like him. it. Good for the logo. Damian Lillard should be named on that. It have, like, like, I feel like he can't, but should. <laughs> why? Why can't he? Why can't we name the award after players that are playing? Like Damian Lillard to me. If I had to take, if I told someone this at work the other day too, and they we created this huge debate. If I have to take, if I need someone of all time that can, I'm down by two, one, three. It doesn't matter. If I'm down by one possession, I need someone to take a shot. There's no doubt in my mind I'm taking Dame. I'm giving that rock to Dame, yeah. I'm going Dame. I'm going Dame over Jordan. I'm going Dame over Kobe. I'm going Dame over all. That's just who I am. Okay. But, I mean, I just think Kobe's numbers are extremely overrated in the clutch aspect. But that's a story for a different day. Yeah, all right. Well, I mean, if you want to talk about it, we definitely can. But. No, no, I was just going to say, I don't know if i take Dame over MJ, but then I got thought thinking about it. The three-point shooting is elite. Yeah, and, you know, Jordan's game winners were those crazy, you know, crossover, like, jumpers at the free throw line, two-point line, um, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I just – I would take Dame in that step-back three. And it's just a shot he's hit so many damn times that I would feel good about that. That's Mm -hmm. where I'm at. I think it should be Robert Ory, if we're going with players that can't be from today, and I would take Damian Lillard if it was an all-time thing. Like, I could take anyone. Yeah, I feel like we should should have held off on this to give it to him, but to yeah, I mean, I, it'll be change. I mean, they're going to change him again, right? Like that's just yeah, going to be the nature of this. Are they? <laughs> yes. Uh, switch to this: the Defensive Player of Year award should be named after Hakeem Olajuwon. <laughs> I'm I'm fine with this. I'll, I'll switch it. If not him, I got two other runner-ups. Let's hear it. I'm switching it. I'm fine with Hakeem. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm switching. He was like a strong enough legend to do this with. And, you know, one, when we're talking about defensive player of the year, it's hard to do. One championship? Two. Two. Back to back, right? Yes. Yeah. Because MJ no. was out of the league. Yep. Not back to back. Jordan didn't miss the but he has. Fair. Maybe he only has one. I'm pretty sure he has. How many defensive player of the years does he have? Uh, Three or four. Three. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm I think like this. there's guys who have four though, so like that's the debate. Right. Uh, Gary Payton, would he be a, like a in the conversation, or not yeah. enough? Okay. Yeah, I'd be uh, all right with my, in the conversation. My other one, Ben Wallace, baby. Yeah, yeah. Get a little love for old Ben or what? Yeah, I um. But you got. I, I mean, the dream totally is fine. Yeah. I'm totally fine with um. Ben Wallace, I mean, that was kind of really the only player, you know, he was really built on the defensive end. But with that being said, I think Rudy Gobert's going to be in this conversation down the line. 
Yeah, that's another one where like I get how we're doing it and we're naming them, but like Ben Wallace has four defensive player of the years all time too. Is that who has most? Uh, him and Dikembe are tied, or him and yeah, him and Dikembe are tied. Dikembe had four as well. Oh, also, Dikembe. Actually, I'm dishing. I think it should be Dikembe, and I think it should be the finger wag. That yeah. just feels right. <laughs> that does feel right, but I feel like it's another thing where they like feel like they have to give something to Hakeem. Like I feel like it's almost like popularity contest. Not. Yeah. They just did more for the game, right? Like Robert Ory, what has like Robert Ory really done for the game? So like you can't choose Robert Ory over Jerry West in a sense. Which yeah. is unfortunate because I think we're talking about like specific aspects. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't think Rudy Gobert should be on an award, but if we're talking defensive player of the year, he's got Makes three of those already. Like you know? Yeah. Like he's very close to tying the record for four held by Ben Wallace and Dikembe. I actually do think it should have been Dikembe. I think the finger wag would have been pretty cool. Okay. But that's like, I don't know. Like, that's not because, like, I think Hakeem's not deserving. I just, I think the finger wag would have been cool. He has tied for the most of all time. I think it would have been awesome. Rookie of the year should be named after Wilt. This is easy, Mike. This is a switch. He averaged 37.6 points per game and 27 rebounds per game in his rookie year. It's just such like a, yeah, no kidding. He's going to do it. Like you said, dude, they're play, he's playing against six, six guys. I don't know. Uh, I get yeah. it, but yeah. man, that's, I mean, that's crazy. Those are, those are some numbers, yeah. I'll, uh, yeah, I guess I was, I literally hesitate. I'm like, am I a hater if I say dish? But uh, no, it makes sense. Who who else would it be? Oscar I, I don't even triple double is rookie year. That's pretty wild. I don't I don't even know where to begin with this. To be honest with you, can I quickly look up best? Uh, no, I'm not gonna find it. Yeah, no, I it's I mean it's there's not gonna be much. That's the issue. Yeah. No, <laughs> like it's hard. Like it's just like the rookies today. Like if they average like twenty something, that's wild. But like yeah, I mean you yeah well, you average fifteen and people talk about you as a rookie. Yeah, exactly. So with that being said, uh, oh, we have two more. My bad. Six man of the year should be named after John Havlicek. Again, I, I I feel I don't know enough to. That's the issue. Here is this is one I don't really know. I know they didn't have the award during the his time. Too. Yeah. But I know he came off the bench and he was one of the best. Um, if there was a name though that we did know, who who would you have it after? Oh, Lou Will. Oh, <laughs> Lou Will. Uh, Jamal Crawford. Thank you. I was I was forgetting his name. Yeah, I kind of. I mean, Manu Manu Ginobili. These are all names I like. Uh, <laughs> Does John Havlicek have like the most of these or what? No, he's no. There was no award when he oh, played, he but right. I think like they this. I think he played on those teams that won like eleven championships in a row, and he was like a critical part. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, but I, just, I, I don't I, mind Manu. I don't, especially from the championship aspect. Yeah, I I, I just uh, John Havlicek, man. It's too old in a sense, right? Like, we yeah. know Will. Like, we remember, like, I mean, we don't, we never saw Will, but, like, we're always going to know Will. Will was, has the most inflated stats we've ever seen. Yeah, John Havlicek is, just, I, 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 I'm not trying to be a hater, but, like, like we said, like, I just, like, 
I don't know. Did he? Was he like that? I don't know. <laughs> Didn't get to see him. I, uh, my dad probably wasn't even born yet. So mom probably wasn't even born yet. But, I mean, with that being said, I mean, I understand you got to respect all, like, walks of history of the game. But with yep. that, I, I just, man, that's that's a long time ago. I wish it was a little more recent. Um, if I, I mean, I. I guess, like, it's a switch because he was dominant, but, like, I don't know enough to, like, make a debate against it either. So, it's kind of where I'm at. The most, the last one here, the most improved player award should be named after George Mike. This one doesn't make sense to me. He was always good. I go through the list of most improved players of all time. There's one name that, like, this isn't even a debate. Hold on. Can I pull this up? Again, when George Mike... What he never even won the award. He never yeah. won the award. So it just doesn't make sense to me. I it agree. Is. I think you should have to win the award to be named after the award. It feels like we are growing sense, up right? doing the Mike and drill, so they had to give him something. Boo. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, Boo I agree. I'm dishing this. It should be Giannis, bro. Like, who Giannis came in the NBA as and what yeah. Giannis is going to leave the NBA as. I don't care if he's in the league. Like, most improved year happened, and like maybe Jock can be in a discussion or whatever. But Giannis got drafted 14th overall, and we didn't really know who this 6'10 skinny little fellow was. And now we look at Giannis, and he's the best player in the world. And you know, there's a chance that he could be the best player of the 2020. Yeah, I'm. I, I have this list out in front of me, and boy, there's some, just some, you know, some names that are. Just like interesting to see that they won uh most improved player. Ryan Anderson. Whoa. <laughs> Ryan Anderson. That is a Hito, name. Hito Turkaloo, huh? Yeah, these oh, the names aren't good. That's the that's the issue with this award. Darryl that's why they couldn't Armstrong. name it after these guys. That's why like the only name oh, the only name on that list could have been Giannis. No, you don't or like the, you don't like the Boris DL most improved player <laughs> of the year. <laughs> Jimmy Butler could be a fun one. Jimmy, yeah. I mean yeah. Giannis is going to get something else after him. Oh, you know. this is this is the award that Giannis is named after in 2040 or whatever. The next time they do this is. No, well, yeah. Uh, they'll probably... I mean, 2040, they're really going to be wondering if George Mikan was. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking they, at They don't even do names. the George Mikan drill today. You think they're going to do it and. <laughs> Give it to my man. Give it to my man, Kevin Duckworth. Dude. No, <laughs> come on. No, oh, this doesn't sound. No, real. no disrespect to Kevin Duckworth. No. Dude. We oh. have breaking news though, Mike. Yeah. As we wrap this up, it was. Uh, I enjoy talking about these awards. I think it's fun. Like I don't know. It's just some of these are some of these are wild. Those last two are wild. Yeah, John Avlachek, George Mike, and like bro, you guys, you have to win <laughs> the award. To get the the award named after you, that that should be like the initial credit. That should be like the one. Somebody, somebody missed it there. Yeah. Uh, breaking news: Anthony Davis is out indefinitely with this injury oh. that he got the other night against the Nuggets. I believe that would be Friday night, but we knew he left um, during the game. Didn't know it was a serious, but it is coming out now that it will be indefinite. Um, with what does what are your thoughts here? As we are talking about the Lakers, Anthony Davis has really started to play a lot better, but now it looks like Anthony Davis is going to miss a period of time, whether that's a week, two weeks, three weeks. We're not really going to know until we get uh, further testing. But this is a story that's just developing. 
Yeah, unfortunately. And this, it's a foot injury, too. I don't know if I said that. Yeah, unfortunately, this is a theme for him, and you kind of thought that at some point it may happen, but um, I don't know. This hurts, obviously. This hurts the Lakers. It hurts as a basketball fan. I, you know, obviously, you didn't, like, break a leg or anything, but, you know, he's getting rolling. You like seeing the Lakers kind of pick things up and play good basketball, and Anthony Davis kind of get back to some of his – you know, ways that we've known him for in the past. So, yep. I don't know. I, it, it definitely is too gray for me to, you know, hit the panic button. But maybe maybe that is worth the panic button if they haven't really established a, a timeline yet. So, oh, man. It's Anthony Davis, man. Like, you finally think he's getting it figured out. He's having this bounce-back season that I predicted him to have. I, I, it's unfortunate, man. Like, I don't know how else to spin this. Like, it's super unfortunate. Um, the Lakers, oh, the Lakers really haven't been playing that well lately. I think they're still not even in the play-in, sitting out of it. It's like Chuck said, man, like, why, why do we talk about the Lakers? I have not agreed with something more with Charles Barkley than what that point right there. Yeah, we talk about the Lakers for a lot of, non-basketball reasons, honestly. That's really what it comes down to. We talk about them for their brand, but not because they're actually good at this thing. Um, Anthony Davis missing time will ruin the Lakers. This probably means they won't make a trade with those first. I don't know. It's it's unfortunate, and Jamie, I hate to say it, but your Lakers appear to probably be dead. Um, Jamie has said that they would pro- this would probably happen, and he's kept living on it, but, you know, it is what it is. With that also being said, we also have breaking news. Argentina has won the World Cup. So, Mike, uh, we will go back to being a basketball show. No more soccer predictions. Although, your, your, your prediction made it to the, to the final, made it to a I'm pretty happy with that, yeah. yeah. Real, real quick, Swisher Dish. Messy the goat. Mm. Now? Dude, I, I don't know. Man. I guess but Swish. You, fine. you, you I get a World I'll Cup say. under your bet, and you were already in the discussion before, and you get a World Cup. Oof. Yeah, I get it. I just I'm a really yeah, guy. I got gotcha. But yeah, he's probably the goat. Okay, you, you guys heard me say it. It's the only time I'm gonna say it, especially recorded. So yeah, uh, yeah no. documented. Congrats, Argentina. It's huge. It's 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 what he needed, in my opinion. He's come up short in a lot of big moments, and for him to be the guy that really gets it done today, two goals, two goals made his uh, penalty shootout goal. Uh, it's a big day for Messi. It's a big day for Argentina. So congrats. Mike, let's get on out of here. Let's start with what we are looking forward to next week. And Christmas Day is out. Uh, I'm going with the New York Knickerbockers here. They have, let me pull it up. After going 6-0, and they now have uh, Golden State, Toronto, Chicago, and Philly. So, uh, like I said, they play Chicago again for like the third time in a week and a half. Uh, but I'm looking to see how, you know, if they can extend this. Golden State will be an interesting matchup. No Curry, Toronto, still kind of a feisty team. You would think Chicago got to get a win against them, and then Philly will be a real tester. So we'll see what they, they can do and if it ends at 6-0 and or if they uh, build on it. Yeah, they are definitely an interesting team to watch. We have not talked about them on this podcast. Um, it's 
I don't know what to make of that, man. Like, RJ has these crazy good nights here and there, and then Jalen Brunson's been solid. Julius Randle has crazy good nights. But, boy, all three can go missing at the same time. And when they go missing, it's bad. Right now, it's been really good, and maybe they're starting to find their stride. They got a good week ahead of them, so I'm definitely interested. I'm interested to see what happens at the top of the East. Um, We have the Bucks and the Celtics tied for the one seed in the East. We have the Celtics playing the Pacers, the Timberwolves, and the Bucks this week. I think they also play Orlando today. This only shows me Monday to Sunday of next week. But I think they also have Orlando today, who they just lost to. So that could be interesting. But then the Bucks have a big week. Can they hang around with the Boston at the top? They have the Pelicans on the road. They have the Cavs on the road. They have the Nets on the road. And they have the Celtics on the road. Uh, the Celtics-Bucks matchup will be Christmas Day. So that's going to be super exciting. I can't wait for that. We are going to have an episode where we break down all the NBA games individually. And we're going to talk about those teams a lot more at that point. But this is a big week for the Celtics. This is a big week for the Bucks. I'm interested to see what the top of the East looks like like after this week. Mike, final comments as we get out of here. Yeah, uh, looking forward to these Christmas games, talking about them, you know, getting another episode out. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas to people, and um, yeah, we're here for another another good week. We'll see what happens. I'm ready to report. Thank you for the support, everybody. Mike, we appreciate you. Jamie, we can't wait to have you back. Hopefully, we can get things squared away with you. Um, to the listeners, we thank you for your continued support, and we wish you guys a happy holidays, as may, some of you guys may not celebrate Christmas, so. Happy holidays to all of you and your families. We appreciate you again for the continued support. And with that being said, peace out. Thank you for listening to the Nothing But Net NBA podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Nothing But Net.